Merry Christmas, everyone. How are y'all doing tonight? Awesome. It's good to be here with all of you. If you are visiting um, here for the first time, I just want to say honestly how um, humbling it is and honored we are to have you spend your Christmas Eve with us. It means a great deal. Uh, you could be any other place, but you chose to be here with us tonight. And um, truly, thank you so much for being here. My name is James McDonald. I'm the lead pastor here at Beaches Chapel. Um, who you saw earlier giving announcements, that was Rachel Brum. She is our kids minister. She like, forgot to introduce herself. She's incredible. So all those kids that you saw there and many more, she takes care of, and we're so grateful for her. Um, tonight's Christmas Eve. And I, I want to I preface everything by saying um, I've had a cough for... That's just decided to live in my throat for the past two and a half weeks or so. And uh, so if, if, if I cough during this, I'm really sorry. I'm doing my best not to. But it is what it is. It's Christmas Eve. We're, gonna, we're just going to uh, go on with it. And it is Christmas Eve. And what I love about Christmas Eve is that feeling of anticipation that is in the air, that something big is about to happen. We are on the cusp of a very cool event and for, for us tonight, that event is tomorrow, right? It's, it's Christmas Day. And I remember when I was a kid, I grew up here at Beaches Chapel. I've been here my entire life. And I sat in those very seats on Christmas Eve, listening to the pastor preach. And I thought to myself, along with most of the other kids who were sitting in here as well, I wish this guy would stop talking so I can go home and get on with business. Because we got bigger fish to fry than this right here, right? I, it was like the last hurdle that we were trying to get over as kids to get to Christmas morning. Well, listen, y'all, it's my turn now, all right? And I got a lot to say. So buckle up. It's going to be a long night. No, it's not. We're gonna, we're, we really want to respect y'all's time. But um, the anticipation, it, it was so awesome as a kid. And I'll be honest with you, I still feel that now to this day. I love the feeling of Christmas Eve and what is about to happen in the morning. Now, the reason for that anticipation for me has changed. You know, when I was a kid, it was all about what am I going to get, what am I going to get, what am I going to get, over and over, all day long, what am I going to get, what am I going to get, right? Now, as an adult, it's more like, what am I going to eat, what am I going to eat, what am I going to eat, all right? And it's Christmas Day, so you can eat whatever you want. It doesn't count as much as you want. It's a great day. But even more than that, what I'm looking forward to is what I'm, a, I'm able to give. What I'm able to give my three daughters, what I'm able to give my wife I'm telling you right now, there's some doozies under the tree for her. I knocked it out of the park this year. And uh, no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I don't know why I said that. It's not in my notes, and I just set myself up for failure tomorrow. Um, it is what it is, you know? Um, but the reason for why I'm excited for tomorrow, it has changed. And it is about the fact that I went from, from getting to now being able to give. And the things that we give with all the thought that we can possibly put into it, with all the time and the energy and the money that we spend, the shine of what we give eventually fades. The clothes that we give shrink or go out of style. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Uh, but whatever we give, as much thought as we put into it, eventually loses its shine. Yet we're still excited for what tomorrow brings. And if we think about that, I wonder how much more, how much more on the very first Christmas Eve, first Christmas Eve of all time, was God excited 
did he have this feeling of anticipation along with all of heaven, thinking, saying to themselves and thinking that it's about to happen. We are on the cusp of something amazing and we can feel it in the air. And the gift that I am giving all of my people, that gift will never lose its shine. It will never go out of style. It ne will never be outdated. It will be actually a gift that gets better and better and better with time. So if we feel this way tonight about tomorrow, how much more did God feel about giving his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth? Some of us may have really been ahead of the game and bought our Christmas presents in November, right? Some of us may have bought them today, right? But whether it was a month ago, two months ago, or a few hours ago, there's still this, I can't wait for them to see what they're getting. The gift that God was giving to earth, he had been waiting to give since the beginning of time. So imagine that anticipation. Here it comes. It's finally here. This moment. We are on the cusp of something that is not a gift, but something that is going to change the course of history and eternity forever. Oh, I can't wait. Can you just imagine what the heavens must have felt like on that night before Jesus was born? It says in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 9, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So here's what Jesus is saying in this moment. He's saying, look, parents, you, you take care of your kids. If they ask for bread, you give them bread, right? If they need clothes, you get them clothes. So you give good gifts, but even in that, you're flawed. You have sin in your life. So even though you as a parent, as a good parent, give gifts, how much better... How much better are the gifts that God gives us when he is perfect, when there is no sin in him whatsoever? There's no bit of selfishness. There's nothing. What he gives us is perfect. And here's the thing about God. He's not dependent on us. He's not dependent on us. Like kids, the reason kids love Christmas morning so much is because they, they need Christmas morning, right? They need Christmas morning to get them all the good stuff, right? Because they don't have the job. They don't have the checking account. They don't have the debit card. They can't go to the store throughout the year and get whatever they want. Not that we adults can either, but uh, from time to time, maybe. Uh, but God doesn't, he, he doesn't have that requirement of being dependent on someone to get him things. He has it all. He created it all. And the most amazing thing about that truth is that with all that he has, with all that he's created, he doesn't just keep it for himself and say, this is all mine, mine, mine. He says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give the oceans to you. I'm going to give the mountains and the valleys and the forests and all of my beautiful creation to you to enjoy. I'm going to be generous with what I give. But then he takes it a step further and he says, I'm not just going to give you what I've created here on earth to enjoy. I'm going to give you the best gift that I could possibly give you that you could never give yourself. And that is my son. I am giving you my son, Jesus, to the world. He's yours.
giving him to you. It's an amazing gift. And this gift will never lose its shine. You know, one of the most popular verses in the Bible, John 3, 16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, he gave, he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. He gave. And the reason that he gave is because it was the only way that we could possibly receive Jesus. We are dependent on God for this gift. We can't go to the store and buy Jesus, y'all. And a lot of people think that they can. A lot of us in here, if you've been going to church a long time, you've been walking with Jesus a long time, we can get tripped up with that idea that if we can just earn Jesus, if we can just work hard for Jesus, if we cannot do this, that, and the other, then Jesus. No, 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 y'all. We have to understand it was a gift. It was a gift. It was a gift. And we are dependent on God to receive it. We can't get Jesus ourselves. You know, here at Beaches Chapel, what we believe is that we are saved by the grace of God. The grace of Jesus on a cross, on a cross, not any works. We did not earn it. We don't deserve it. It was a gift. It was a gift that God gave us. It says in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was, and listen to this part in verse 6, so it was that while they were there, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I grew up hearing this story, the story of Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem to have Jesus. Huge moment in time, biggest moment in time. And I always pictured it where they were walking up on a donkey and, and, and they see Bethlehem and they arrive into the city and Mary is, is, is beginning to have the, the labor pains and about to have this baby. But if we read in Luke 2, it says that while they were there, so while they were there, sorry, I'll, while they were there, Mary begins to have these contractions and these labor pains. So they had already been in Bethlehem, which is really weird to me that whether it was a day, a few hours, or, or a few days, they were already there. So why then, when she's about to have the baby, do they not have a room ready? In the Jewish culture, hospitality is everything. It is everything. This is a bizarre thing. God had been waiting. The anticipation was at an all-time high. From the beginning of time, there was this present wrapped under the tree for all mankind. And at the moment where the gift is about to be unwrapped, there's zero preparation. There's zero preparation. There is no room at the end. Imagine for a second... Uh, maybe it was a time that, that you've already had, or maybe it's tomorrow or whatever, but you bought someone in your family, spouse, kid, parent, 
like this gift that you were just pumped about. Like you knew this gift, you hit a home run, right? And, and those type of gifts in our family, on my side of the family, we call those GTCs, which stands for Guaranteed to Cry, all right? He's like, if, if someone comes up, hey, I got, I got mom a GTC. I'm like, oh, sweet. And then what happens is they open them, you start to cry, and everyone laughs at you. It's a weird McDonald tradition, but it's what we do, all right? And uh, so imagine if you had gotten a GTC, this, this present that you just knew that you knew that you knew this person was going to love. And you go to knock on their door on Christmas Day to give them this gift, and they say, sorry, it's not really a good time. We, maybe you can come back later. We don't really want you here today. I mean, can you imagine how that would make you feel? If it was me, I would say, okay, I'm taking this present back, and I'm going to get the money and spend it on myself. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about you anymore. But what God does in this moment, when they hear the words, there's no room in the inn, we don't have time for you right now, he says, that's okay, let's just go around back and let's just unwrap the present ourselves. And maybe they'll see the present and change their mind. And he's been saying that since the day that Jesus was born. He's been saying, it's okay. They're saying there's no room in the inn right now. But let's just give it some time. Because I know that I know that I know if they just give this present a chance, they will fall in love with it. And it will change their life and their eternity forever. So let's just go around back. And let's just open the present there. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. It gave God great pleasure. He didn't give Jesus begrudgingly, reluctantly, with a bad attitude. It gave him great pleasure all while knowing they were going to hear the words, there's no room at the end. There was a people that were dependent on God for this gift. They needed God to give it to them, just like little kids need someone to give them presents on Christmas morning. They needed God to give them Jesus. And you know what God does? He comes through. He comes through. He says, I got you. I got this gift for you. You don't have to worry. Because if you think you give good gifts, how much more do I give good gifts? And it gives me good pleasure to do so. And their response was, there's no room at the end. Here's the amazing thing. Contrasting that with what Jesus says, as he's now a man doing ministry in John chapter 14. He says, there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. So what does Jesus 
here, that, that, that night of his birth, there's no room at the end. Then fast forward to his death on the cross. What is he here? There's no room for you on earth. And you know what Jesus' response is? I got all the space in the world for you. I got all of heaven for you. And there is a room with your name on it. And I'm just going to be unwrapped over here waiting for you. There's a room for you. There is a room for you. And once you turn and you believe in me and you receive this gift that my Father in heaven so graciously gave, I will never leave you. And this gift will never lose its shine in your life. I will always be with you. Our series for the Advent season, the Christmas season here at Beaches Chapel that we've been looking at the whole month of December has been God with us, which comes from Isaiah 7 where the prophet talks about Jesus' birth in detail and calls him Emmanuel, which means God with us. But what's interesting about the series, and we did this on purpose, was we have yet to talk about the story of Jesus' birth until tonight. We talked about all other things, but we never mentioned the wise men, the shepherds, all the things that the kids were talking about on the video. We never mentioned it. Because the truth is, God with us is not just about Jesus being born, leaving heaven, and living this life. It's about being with us right now. Being with us right now. And so he's with us when we celebrate. He's with us in our failures. He's with us in the battles that we face. He is with us wherever we go because he is a gift that doesn't lose its shine. And he is a gift that is given to us that we cannot buy with all the good works, without all the Bible memory verses, the biggest tithe checks, coming to church every Sunday, wearing our tie, wearing our, whatever it might be, we can't earn it. It is a gift from God that he graciously gave, and it gave him great pleasure to do so. And even as many times as we say, there's no room in the end for you, Jesus, he says, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. The amazing thing about Jesus' birth, and there, well, I should say one of the amazing things, is that his birth was always about his death. It was about going from the cradle to the cross. That was the purpose. If you've ever seen parent, new parents leaving a hospital for the first time with their, with their child, it's all about preservation of life, right? I am going to drive seven miles an hour, white-knuckling the steering wheel and just waving everybody by me. I'm sorry, I ain't going any faster. You're just going to have to get over it because I got my baby in the back seat. And I am about to drive recklessly. I am going to protect them and all of it. Well, God, when he gave Jesus, he said, here's Jesus, who I know you're going to nail to a cross. But it's okay. Because, because of that, I get to adopt all of you that believe as my sons and daughters. And I get to give you, as your heavenly father, good gift after good gift after good gift. And it's not just about one Christmas. And it's not just about Christmas once a year. It's about every single day of the rest of your life. And that's how much I love you.
But you can say there's no room in the inn all you want. I'll be around back waiting for you because I love you. Maybe that's some of us in here tonight. Maybe we've been living this life. Maybe you've heard this story. You've heard this message multiple times. And you've told Jesus in your own words, there's no room at the end. I'm too busy. I've been burned by the church. I don't believe, whatever. God is telling you right now, in this moment, I've been waiting for you. And I will continue to wait for you. Because I love you. We're going to have the band come back up as we close this evening. I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter 1. Starting in verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was birthed by a woman named Mary. And there's such power and understanding in those two things. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit, which meant there was no sinful nature in him. There was no Jesus is born and give him a little while and he's going to start snatching things out of people's hands, even though no one taught him to do that. And he's going to start lying, even though no one taught him to do that. Jesus was without a sinful nature because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was unlike all of us. But he was birthed by Mary, a human who was flawed. And it had to be that way because the sacrifice had to mean something. The pain had to be real, but it also had to be perfection. So the only way that could happen is to be conceived by God, born of human, so that there's a perfect sacrifice that feels the pain of it. And that is Jesus. Born in a manger to land on a cross for all of us. A gift that we are dependent on God to give. And what do you know? He gave it to us. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You believe and you receive it. That's it. That's the gospel message, y'all. And if you're sitting in here and you've been trying to earn it, you've been trying to to deserve it and, and, and do all these things and do all this work to try and prove God your worth, stop and just receive the gift. And once you do, those changes start to happen inside you. But you need to know on this Christmas Eve that if you've been saying no, God's saying, I'm just around back and I'm waiting for you let me in 
because there is all the room in the world for you. And I love you. God would not send Jesus knowing what was going to happen and then go so far as to say it brought him good pleasure to do so without loving us. It's all driven and motivated by his love for you. Not the person next to you, you. I'm talking to you, everybody in here, everybody watching online. He loves you. And he has been waiting since the beginning of time for you to receive this gift and will not lose it, Sean. I would like for us to take a moment and pray and give those in here the opportunity to receive this gift. This Jesus, this Messiah, this Emmanuel, the God who will never leave us, no matter the situation, no matter what you're walking through, Christmas Eve, it could be a hard night for a lot of people, a hard season for a lot of people. Here's your opportunity. And if you prayed this prayer a million times, hallelujah, what an opportunity that we have to pray it again on Christmas Eve. To tell God, our Heavenly Father, that we love Him and we believe in Him. It's just saying thank you for the greatest gift again. So if you would, repeat after me this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe. I believe. And I receive this gift of salvation that only you can give. Come into my heart right now and be Lord of my life. Forgive me, Jesus, and make me new tonight. Thank you for this gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't y'all stand up and begin the difficult task of unwrapping our communion present uh, that hopefully you got on your way in. It's always a fun little challenge. You can just open that up now. When Jesus was at the table with his disciples right before he was about to get crucified, Last Supper. He said, do these in remembrance of me. So tonight on Christmas Eve, we're going to remember Jesus' sacrifice. We talk about his birth. We also talk about his sacrifice. We talk about his death. That led to his resurrection where death could not hold him down. Death was a slave to Jesus was risen by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that conceived him. All for us, all to be that sacrifice so that we can believe in him. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who gives good gifts. We thank you for your son. gift that we could never earn or deserve, we could only receive. And we do that tonight again, gladly, Lord. We thank you for your body, Jesus, that was broken, that was beaten, 
spit on, and finally nailed to a cross, where with every breath you took, pains came throughout your body as you suffocated, pushing yourself up on the nail to just give maybe one more breath. And that human side of you felt it all. It was very real. Jesus, we just say thank you. Thank you for staying on the cross when you could have gotten down. For allowing it. For us. Jesus, we know it's a pain that we can never understand. But we do say thank you. Father, we thank you for your blood that was poured out for us, that our cup represents. It's that blood that washes us clean every single day. Lord, we know that your mercies for us are new every morning. And so God, I pray right now that you would teach every one of us in here to have a heart of repentance not so we would beat ourselves up every day, but so that we can do what you intended for us to do, and that's come to you and lay those things down and be cleansed from them. Your blood washes us clean, and your love for us covers a multitude of sins. God, I pray right now if there's any of us in here tonight that need that reminder there's nothing that we can do. Your word says so. There's nothing we can do that separates us from your love. Remind them now. And it's because of your blood that was poured out for us. So God, if there's anyone in here that's just walking around with all sorts of shame and whatever, God, I just pray that you would free them right now and remind them that your love is so much bigger than our mistakes. It's hard for us to believe sometimes. It's truth. And your blood proved it. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood that was poured out for us. That allows us to run to you.